0: What's going on, world? Peace and blessings. And welcome back to Well Connected. I appreciate you tuning in this week. Got a dope episode in store, so let's get into it. Well, it's that time of the year, election season, especially from your local election standpoint. Make sure you go out and vote. Very important, local elections, honestly, might be even more important, have a direct impact in your life, even more than federal elections. All elections are important, but especially local elections. So make sure you be aware of who's running for your offices, uh, the various different um, uh, roles that are open up right now, and go out and cast your vote. So with that being said, it's gonna be a caveat to today's episode. And today I wanna talk about the importance of the black vote. I feel that oftentimes, the black vote is a very important element of this country, especially the black community. However, I feel that our vote sometimes it's taken for granted. Does not come with tangible policy, does not come with tangible legislation. And sometimes our vote is often given due to some maybe fear-mongering, some gaslighting, strawman arguments. So today I want to talk about the importance of the black vote and how the black vote can oftentimes be exploited. And how we can look out for those elements and make sure that our voice is being heard. All right, Bet. So, let's first hop into it, right? Historically in this country, an importance of voting. Oftentimes the older generation will lament to the younger generation about the importance of voting, how our ancestors fought for this, sacrificed for this, and why we must go out and vote. And conceptually speaking, that is very true. However, it's very important that we must understand the overall qualitative element about how we got to this point and why voting is important, but also why voting for tangible policy is even more important. So collective in our country, as we know, for black Americans, unfortunately, we were brought here during slavery. And for a large first 100 plus 50 years of this country, we were just three-fifths of a human being and not considered actual citizens or even people at that point. As we fast forward, we get to a point where uh, after the 13th Amendment, which went ahead and freed the slaves, quote unquote, this is the amendment that's passed. And the 15th Amendment, which finally gave the right to vote to essentially uh, black men in this country or all other non-white men in the country at the time. So that happened, right? 1870, okay? This is when the 15th Amendment is finally passed. All right, so at the time, you know, it seems that, okay, finally made some strides in this country and black people can finally go out and vote. Again, black men. But however, it wasn't that simple. So where it I want to stride... Uh, By saying that with the black community, although at the time when the 15th Amendment was passed, although only black men were allowed to vote, the black community always worked conjunction with the rest of the community, especially with our women as well, too. Uh, We pulled together our vote. And so when we did go out and vote, it was still done from a collective standpoint. Um, Women still were uh, involved in decision making uh, within the black community of giving their input. Um, of course, during those times, yes, their generals and things, um, of course, you know, not what they should be today. And of course, misogy and patriarch, all those things existed. However, it's very important to understand that the black community was a little different, though. Because we were coming out of slavery and coming out of this uh, a negative, uh, a traumatic experiences, the black was very much bonded together, especially from a family perspective. So when we were given the opportunity to vote, it was looked at as an actual community vote even though black men were given the right to vote, it actually benefited black women uh, for what happened and what moved forward. So again, I think it's very important to establish that during that time, it was a community vote oftentimes. um, And so it was not necessarily the same divisiveness um, that eventually uh, we see within the suffrage movement, which would come forward. So 1870, we get the right to vote. However, as we know, white supremacy and racism in this country, things are always gonna have loopholes to them. And that's why it's very important when some people say, well, you got the right to vote in 1870, everything was good. Well, no, there were still many loopholes and things and barriers put in place to uh, negate against Black Americans voting, especially in the South, right? Or a place where slavery had just been abolished, right? So these things included poll taxes, literacy tests, intimidation, grandfather clauses. So what does that mean, right? So federally, yes, right? to vote was passed. However, state wise and state laws don't always necessarily adhere to federal laws especially at the Reconstruction, okay? Uh, Immediately Reconstruction, we did go ahead and black were elected. We voted right away. Uh, Two black men were elected in the Senate. However, uh, once the uh, union federal troops uh, withdrew from the South um, in uh, 1877, we saw a big decrease, especially how this voting element worked. And so again, going back to a lot of negative elements they put in place to hinder black people from voting because again, federally, yes, you have to allow uh, black men to vote. However, again, talking about literacy tests, Right, polling taxes. Well, you know, at the time it was coming out of slavery, black people don't have financial capital like that. So they make a tax that you have to pay to vote. As we knew, that would absolutely negatively impact black American citizens as we don't have any money or barely any money at that time. And so that was a big way to hinder us from voting. Then there was a literacy test. Again, that made some type of way where you had to prove you could read a certain level to go and cast your vote. Well, there were also many rules and laws against black people from reading for hundreds of years in this country, and especially post-slavery. Not a lot of black Americans uh, might have been um, efficient in reading and literacy at that time, again, because of rights, dependency, and racism. But again, we weren't given an opportunity. And so therefore, if you can't read, you can't vote, right? Uh, The grandfather clause, which is kind of crazy to learn about. And this loophole was really deterrent that essentially if you were born, before 1870 when uh, voting was still illegal uh, for black americans to do uh, however they itself would say that well if you were illegal to vote then you were still illegal to vote now even though you federally are allowed to vote but the state law would say that because you were a slave at the time or you were illegal uh, to vote therefore the grandfather clause does not allow a free black american to vote this is passed in many states Federal, uh, excuse me, uh, local and state uh, legislation and policy, especially in the South, we saw this. And so this was a big deterrent. So again, yes, 1870 came. Yes, we got the 15th Amendment, which technically on paper allows to vote. However, in the South, and especially across the country, you saw there are a large amount of limitations against Black people from voting. Especially in intimidation, again, as well, that many people just actually threaten people with physical violence and, and threats to their life, and they went out and voted. So again, we got the right to vote. Or we truly didn't get the right to vote okay and especially again remember this time as well there's still a large amount of black population in the south yes we did have this north migration and part of that was part of the voting laws went along with that however things weren't all clear and at the same time as well our black women could not vote either so it's still even though yes i said before the uh, collective black community did go ahead and pull our vote we still didn't have all our members voting right and that's a very important piece to highlight now as we talk about voting in our country though right it's very interesting because yes uh, black women were getting the right to vote in 1870 but However, uh, women in this country still were not given the right to vote. And, and that's what we saw uh, with the 19th Amendment in the 1920. Uh, we saw with, that gave uh, essentially white women the right to vote, right? And that was a lot during the uh, suffrage movement in giving women the uh, voice. Very important time, right? Because voting is an important element. However, it's important to, to point out that that did not give black women the right to vote. Again, although the 19th Amendment gave white women the right to vote, black women were not given that right to vote. Historically, I think it's very important to understand that certain battles always will have a race element to them. Even when gender might be a common purpose, it does not mean, and unfortunately, like many times in this country, black women are not spoken up for or black women are not fought for. So in that time, it's still we still had lots of strides to make. Again, with all the various different negating factors to try to limit black women voting, again, with these poll taxes, literacy tests, intimidation, the grandfather clause, and all these negative elements, right? And again, we're still not having the true equality, right? We had to keep fighting and working for this opportunity to vote because we needed representation, okay? And so essentially we, we, we had to keep fighting for this. And so we saw what great civil rights leaders from you know Martin Luther King, to all these various different people, and especially the voting blocks they put together because it was important for us to lobby and have the opportunity so we first all change the 24th amendment in 1964 was essentially took away from all these different legal barriers such as the literacy tests and the polling taxes intimidation factors grandfather clauses at least federal legally said you couldn't even state level users anymore right so that was a good stretch however there's still a barrier in place and again not everybody could vote and finally with the 1965 uh voting rights act uh this essentially uh let opportunity for all American citizens, uh, regardless of your gender or race, without opportunity to vote. And this is essentially a time when black people got the right to vote. So black women didn't get the right to vote until about 1965, collectively at that point in time, but as well, collectively all black people truly got the right to vote in 1965 as well with the Voting Rights Act. Uh, and essentially it took away all the other barriers and limitations which had been strifing the black community. Okay, so put that in perspective, right? I mean, this was not a long time ago, right? So we're talking about 58 years ago that black people pretty much collectively been voting freely in this country, which it, it's very young, okay? So with that being said, right, that was a point in time. So we fast forward, right, for the last, last 58 plus years, okay? And of course, black Americans have made substantial strides in economic progress in our country in various pieces, right? And especially have representation because voting, voting happened, right? And voting didn't matter and voting did change and help things. All right. So here we are today in 2023. And you think about that voting block, okay? Again, 58 plus years. So if you're older than 58 years old, you remember a time when black Americans truly couldn't freely vote as we could nowadays. And in fact, if you're just a little younger than 58, but your parents were directly raised in that time, you know about that as well too. So those memories and things don't go away, right? Just as much as, you know, in 1965 when that Voting Rights Act came it wasn't utopia. People were still harassed and looked at and a lot of limitations they still to this day do. Okay, that's why we see certain things about voting ID laws and diverse elements. These are still just residual effects of man- mechanisms to try to limit black voting and the vote suppression element. So until 2023, it's still just important to vote. However, again, there has been lots of strides in our country and progress that needs to be acknowledged. And I think you know a huge stride was obviously in 2008 with President Barack Obama becoming the president, right? the first black president. I and mean, that was huge. Okay? That was a big, substantial movement, and especially relatively in a short period of time for us getting the right to vote to not have a first black president. So I think it's very indicative of how far we've come and the progress we made. So we had eight years of President Obama. And at that time, we saw almost record of voting uh, um, turnout for the black community. First black president. All right. Obama's turned into. So this past like eight years, right, from like 2016 to kind of where we're at now this collective, I feel that this has been really increased amount of narratives to get Black people to vote. This is where I've seen a lot of the fearmongering, the gaslighting, and the strawman arguments have really come into place and to get Black people to vote. Because for years, the Democratic Party didn't have to work too hard for the Black vote especially during Obama years, because again, it's the first black president. So black people naturally is gonna vote for the black person. Honestly, it didn't really matter if President Obama didn't have tangible policy for the black community, black people still voted in high numbers. That's the reality. Now, with that being said, right, because of that, the problem came in 2016 and past 2020 election was that, okay, you don't have a black candidate anymore. That's all you ran on. So now you talk about why vote for the democratic side which again primarily black vote voted for for the past almost 60 plus years and again the reality is and this is where myself as independent perspective come into place although yes of course democratic party has been a home for the black community politically speaking and of course the democratic party does give the platform for individuals we see most elected officials are black are Democrats, and so they do have support, they may have money resources, right, given to these individual black uh, officials we have, right and also, of course from an optics perspective, between a Republican party and Democrat party, there doesn't seem to be a culture difference the Republican party has never tried any true organic outreach to benefit and reach the black community, and in fact there are many people in the Republican party that may be outward really uh, uh, are racist and support white supremacist agendas, or maybe have a lot of rhetoric and narratives and commentary which do not align within the black community. And in fact, there are many black conservatives who oftentimes have different rhetoric and narratives that go against the black community and may talk down against the black community. So, with that being said, like I'm not naive. That's why. I will never say the Democrat plantation because somehow that implies that a Republican Party is not a plantation or somehow any better. So we have to establish that. And so with that being said, right because of the Republican Party and conservatives, people on the right, or because those negative elements or these different racial divisive elements are highlighted, it's very easy for Black people to say, well, we're vote Democrat because, well, what's the alternative? Voting for them I get it. However, there is, there is some flaw in that logic. So this is what I talk about, again, with the fear-mongering and gaslighting element. So, again, because many, 58-plus years old, as a country, and especially a black American, you remember a time when black Americans could not go out and vote. You remember a time where segregation existed. You remember a time where there was so much racial tension in our country. That does not go away. And so the importance of voting, I think, is is always going to be there because of what happened and what you experienced and what you happened. But today's generation, because those sacrifices do not have those same experiences, do not have the same negative shared experiences of racial tension and racial uh, divisiveness in our country and the opportunities. So for us, going out and voting just because someone said go vote for them, well, why should I? And this is why I say I think the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, quite frankly, will use both different levels of gaslighting and fearmongering to get people to go vote for them, right? Now, regardless, regardless of race, I think that is gaslighting and fear and straw man arguments, I think, are used divisiveness across all races in this country, especially come to voting, right? And when I talk about strawman arguments. strawman arguments essentially we take one narrative and you make an extreme out of it. Right, and then you go ahead and essentially generalize all elements under that extreme. So, for example, I know one thing was really popular, or narrative that was pushed in 2016 and 2020, right, was that if Donald Trump was elected president, that slavery uh, and Jim Crow would be brought back to this country, right? Because there were uh, definitely, you know, some very extreme people on the right, and historically, like white supremacist racists have, have voted Republican. Not saying racist and white from a Democrat too. Openly, they vote Republican, okay? Like KKK people like that and things, right? And a lot of people like that, right? There were a lot of people who might have been Trump supporters, right? Who were very openly, uh, you know, maybe racist or had a lot of racial uh, rhetoric to them. So those people exist for sure, right? But I don't personally don't think that resonates the entire uh, voting block that were Republicans or conservatives who voted for Trump. But we'll take those people, okay, and we can generalize it and say, well, you know, if Trump was elected, that those type of people, right, would overtake the country. And that would be the, the narrative that would rise up. And understand what emotions are involved, especially in the past couple of years, the racial elements to it as well. But it, 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 there has been a lot of divisiveness and fear, I think, because what we've seen with Black Lives Matters and in, in how there has been a contrast in how our lives are viewed. But we'll take up. Argument and say, well, if those MAGA extremists get a hold of the country, then black people are going back into slavery. We're going back into Jim Crow. And I think what happens is that it's disingenuous because that's not going to happen. It's 2023. In fact, it's disrespectful for our ancestors and all the work, that policy and legislation that we fought for in this country. We'll never regress back to that. And I think, quite frankly, to get people even thinking that it's a possibility is wrong. Because what it does, it, it gaslights you. It makes you say, well, man, I we can't let them win, so we have to go vote for the Democrats. Or go vote for the, the person that I'm pushing out here. Vice versa, you see gaslighting and fearmongering and strawman arguments. The right does it all the time. They'll take some maybe some liberals and progressives, right, may have really extreme leftist views, right, and want to tear down the government and maybe structure the things, right? You look at Antifa or look at some of these people, or you have certain views about things being pushed to our children or certain rhetoric. I don't think those people, quite frankly, those extremists represent all oh, the left the liberals, progressive Demo- Democrats, okay? But in reality, there are some, sure. And I think at times they get personified and generalized as well. If you vote Democrat you vote the left, that means you support all that controversial or divisiveness behavior, and that the libs and left are going to take over the country and burn it down. Quite frankly, I don't think that either, because again, like we have a, a country, like it doesn't work that way. I'm sorry. I know you may say, well, well, January 6th, those, those extremists, sure and now a whole different podcast I'll get into but I personally do not think our country was at stake I personally do not think our country was going to be overtook I personally don't think it was a legitimate coup Happened terrible day anybody entered the capitol should be tried felonies treasonous behavior anybody that entered the capitol I don't care if you just walk through. You're innocent. You legally entered a federal building. Can't happen, okay? Can't happen. So that was a bad look, and I do absolutely agree and understand. While some people might say, "Again, hey, if we don't vote, look what will happen," but part of that again, this time is country. When emotions are attached, we have a certain narrative, and you want to see a certain way. Yeah, those things are going to be very, very triggering and can support those agendas. But the problem and issues for the black community is that we need tangible policy. We have a lot of surrogates in the black community who are oftentimes entertainers, celebrities, athletes, musicians, and this is what we use to get the black people to vote. Happens every year. Malcolm X talked about this decades ago. They call leaders, this included Lena Horne, this included Dick Gregory, this included comedians, comics, trumpet players, baseball players. Show me in the white community where a comedian is a white leader. Show me in the white community where a singer is a white leader, or a dancer or a trumpet player is a white leader. These aren't leaders, these are puppets and clowns that uh, have been set up over the white community and or over the black community by the white community, and have been made celebrities and usually say exactly what uh, they know that the white man wants to hear. This is nothing new however it is up to us to understand that this isn't policy and I think what happens sometimes is that when someone in the black community and because of again some of the parts I mentioned in the overall support for the black community and voting Democrat historical components to it it's typically right when someone does have a narrative that's not for the Democrats, okay, they oftentimes are trying to push people towards a right. You look at someone like Candace Owens, okay, and her whole thing is a Democratic plantation, but her solution is voting Republican. It's not highlighting or recognizing the various different issues and problems in the black community. It's more of a, well, that's the plantation, and voting them and voting Republican will automatically fix your problems. And it's ironic because it's like an opposite narrative that Democrats pushes that, well, not voting Republican automatically will fix the black people's problems in some sense, right? And that's not the case. And I think it's important we can understand that we can criticize and critique the Democratic Party and also critique and criticize the Republican Party. It is possible. So again, it goes back to these narratives push. For myself, I, I saw that in the past 2016, 2020 election is that, you know, if you have any critique of a Democratic candidate Especially I saw in 2020 If you critique Joe Biden Or his white supremacist history Or, or racism I was automatically met with Say you're voting for Trump And again because Of the straw man arguments right And this quote unquote Lesser of evil We've been The narrative on, on on the left Was that The right In the Republicans of Trump Is the boogeyman So therefore To, to Therefore you need to We'll vote our side to stop the bad guys, if you will. Right? And I'm just not buying that. The reality is a lot of people really got politically aware, I think, in 2016. It was a jolt. You know, I think a lot of people were cruise-controlled Obama years. And, of course, once there was this contrast from Obama, President Obama to, to Trump, it was, it was huge, right? It was something that just caught people off guard. And maybe we'll start paying attention To what was happening in politics At least from a Mainstream perspective point of view Right And The reality is And for myself I saw a very Eye-opening time Was that You know I didn't fall asleep During bombing years And it was amazing When I saw things that Part of the President Obama administration And I didn't seeing Trump uh, Take the blame for some of the same things And when I say that it's, it's, it's not a lot but you also gotta understand a lot of American policies that happen especially like the kids in cages okay I will start by saying I don't take any joy or pride in that I think it, it sucks it's inhumane okay it doesn't when illegal immigrants are, are, are put in these detainment centers but that's something that was you know started on their ice with George Bush that's something the that Obama administration pushed even more and something that President Trump continued but I remember when people first saw those images of kids, kids in cages, it was very personified and, and, and said, oh, my gosh, I can't believe Trump is doing this. What's happening here? And then for myself, it was like, well, you know what happened just just for the past several years has been happening. And I remember talking to a very, very respected member of my family, a very, very intelligent person. And they said I, I mentioned that, well, you know, this happened in the Obama administration. They said, quote, well, I would have heard about that then. And that was very telling to me. And I realized that in the black community, it's like one of those things that if a, if a tree falls in the forest, doesn't make a sound. So like just because if someone doesn't talk about a negative element of the Democratic Party or a negative element about a politician or a certain talking point, does it matter? Did it happen? Well, yes, it did happen. And again, we need to understand that demanding tangible policy, that reality is the Democratic Party knows they don't actually really truly have to work for our vote hence why they send all these surrogates out all they gotta do is dance for us or have someone who's cool co-sign us and again I think we need to move past as the black community as a maturity standpoint understand as well that uh, just because like it's like if a black celebrity entertainer comes out and says vote democrat or vote Joe Biden then it's cool they're voter the culture but they come out and say vote for Trump then automatically they're a coon or a sellout or don't know what they're talking about And it's like, we got to stop that behavior because quite frankly, neither of them may really politically know what's going on. But this notion that one is used and the other is organically out there, I was like, well, no. The black person who's a celebrity who's endorsing a Democrat candidate is way more likely to have been exploited because they're being used specifically to get black people to vote without any policy because here's the reality. They wouldn't need a black celebrity to tell them to vote for them Tom Strayer had Juvenile before him back that ass up with him you know why? because Tom Strayer didn't have any tangible policy for the black community so he had to sloop low and think this all it takes to get to us to vote Saucy, Santana, and Trina no vote, no fucking. had an old music video about why if you don't go vote when we're not gonna give them that up, it was just deviant twerking behavior this is tangible this that's not exploitation really that's that's serious stuff happening here cardi b saying what Bernie sanders is cardi b in all respect not saying that she can't know civics or have understanding but she's not first not black nor does she have understanding of historical elements of the black community or legislation or policy let's get real for ourselves let's stop that okay and, and be fair, vice versa, I really don't want to hear a black celebrity tell me to go for, vote for Trump either because I'm not going to look at them and say, well, just because he told me to go for Trump or walk a flock of his endorses, I'm going to do it. No. Okay? But when you understand, make this. We understand there's a difference in terms of. It's the same. So a black person openly endorsing a, a Democratic candidate or celebrity is no different than Republican, a black person endorsing a Republican party candidate the difference is we think culturally one cares and but if neither has policy neither has policy okay and there's that part we need to talk about hence what I saw with Ice Cube in 2020 election cycle where he came with a tangible policy for black community he asked for a meeting with both Democrats and Joe Biden and Republicans and Donald Trump okay Democrats Joe Biden told him we'll talk after your election Donald Trump Republicans took a meeting. Donald Trump Republicans came up with an actual tangible policy, the Platinum Plan. Now, does that mean that that plan was actually going in place and legislation would get passed? I don't know. Okay, it a lot of politicians say things, right? And so, I'm not going to be like, well, automatically, that means we automatically have to vote for Trump just because, you know, he said he had a plan. But so I get that, but the, the problem was I didn't like was that he was he went to both parties. He wasn't some MAGA supporter and just said, I'm down for vote for Trump. Okay, he didn't pull a Kanye, put the MAGA hat on, all that. He went to both parties. One party ignored him and didn't respect him to take a meeting. The other party, who was incumbent president of the United States of America, said I'll take a meeting let's see what's happening for the black community. But the way he was demonized and made fun of, it's like this is the part where we have more political maturity. Most black celebrities and entertainers are paid by a Democratic Party. They're, they're surrogates. They're not organically out here speaking on the betterment of the black community. They don't do their own tangible legislation and research. Now, just because you're a celebrity entertainer doesn't mean that you can't speak on policy. No, anybody can, of course. No different than I can. But you're being paid to do it because that's the only time you pop out ever. And that's the thing with most of these entertainers is that you look at their tracker consistently; they don't talk about these issues and topics, and that's the problem issue at hand. In the way that Ice Cube was demonized, and SNL did a skit on it, and having a MAGA hat on him with Keenan Thompson is racist. Just because, again, this is what black people understand: like we allow racism to happen as long as, like, it's supported the Democrats. Like, it's like, well. As long as that person going against my narrative, it's okay to be racist against them, right? So if a black person votes Republican or a black person has a narrative that's conservative or a talking point, therefore it's okay to be racist. Like white liberals and progressives will attack black people in a heartbeat if you do not share the same political ideology as them. The reality is both the Republican party champions themselves as free speech and the Democrat party champions themselves as inclusivity. The reality is neither side really agree with black people that don't think like them if a black person doesn't think conservative or it blames the republican party then it's like wow you're on a dim plantation you need to leave and think on your own and then if vice versa if a black person doesn't want to think or vote democrat or, or challenge liberal ideology or progressiveness in some way and it's well just say you vote for trump or you're a sellout it's like well no neither of those elements are true neither party it's a true flagship of the black community. And it's like, I, I saw it's funny, we you know with, again, with these entertainers, celebrities and you know, exploitations as vote. Like I look at someone like Sexy Red. Okay, entertainer, Sexy thing out here. Sexy has a lot of, um, you know, I would say de- degenerate behavior in terms of the subject matter and things that she promotes and talks about. It's all the hyper-sexualized, nothing positive quite frankly to benefit the black community behind it but that's most rap music so I'm not going to sit here and isolate her okay and she's a grown adult who can talk about whatever she want to talk about so I'm not but all sexy but I'm, but I'm going to point the fact that most of the music is degenerate, degenerate bu- music now all that's okay with the black community right her promoting deviancy is cool hyper sexualized behavior a-okay twerking and all this Objectively, hypersexualize things is fine. However, when Sexy Red came out and said, "I support Trump," the hood, the hood, the hood, you know, fools of Trump. Suddenly, she was turned on. Then she was attacked and judged. Why are we listening to her and saying, "Why does Sexy Red have an opinion on these things?" And it's ironic, it was like, "Yo, she can promote promote all this deviant behavior that draws divisiveness and corrupts our children." Dang, okay, but just have a of deferring political ideology viewed and suddenly now we're canceled Like And it's funny because like that take she had is like the same take that most black entertainers have for a democrat It's kind of low ball low standard take if you will right, but Again, it's about the viewpoint how she came out and said I fooled joe biden. and She's been celebrated And and that's the part where it, it does get a frustrating because you understand like we're being utilized for this right like the black community doesn't have much representation where like if a black person, you vote Republican or has a black conservative standpoint, they're not automatically a sellout raccoon coon because it implies that somehow, some way, as long as you vote Democrat, that you're not going to sell yourself out. There are many black politicians that have sold out the black community. There are many black politicians that, quite frankly, from my ideology standpoint, are really no different from a lot of black conservatives because policy wise, you're not doing anything different. You're not doing anything for black community. So I think individually, I think a lot of black politicians who do want to help the black community, but collectively, right, the Democratic Party as its corporate entity uh, isn't really too far off from the Republican Party. And so, again, when when someone says, well, what am I supposed to do, not vote? Look, I, I say that our ancestors fought and sacrificed for us to have the right to choose. Your local election is very important. You should always vote in your local election. There's so many seats are just run unopposed every year. 75% of DA district attorneys, the ones who don't pro- prosecute uh, police officers and people like that when they kill innocent people, run unopposed every year. Yet yeah, those are very important. But a federal election—that's what people pay attention to. So when someone gaslights and says, hey, "If you don't vote this election, don't be mad when slavery comes back," stop. You can vote for a third party. I know that may not be popular here, especially with this hyperly partisan uh, uh, two-party viewers and voting block we have, uh, but you can vote third party. I know people will gaslight you and shame you for voting third party and tell you all the reasons in the world why your vote for another person is wrong. You must vote for my candidate. You know, the whole world will fall apart. It's the same cycle every year. Every cycle this is the most important election yet, which may be the case in some capacity, but quite frankly, from a federal level. Oftentimes, things aren't gonna dramatically change that much. I understand that, of course, there's things on the ballot in federal election that's coming up this year that are very important, right? And there's a lot of issues that could shape the country. So yes, but at the same time, we also have to demand tangible policy. We must understand that our vote cannot just be easily exploited. We have to be consistent. I think the reason why the Republican Party does so terribly is that, again, there's no organic outreach. And in fact, many black conservatives, they'll call all the problems and issues that happen in the black community, but never provide any solutions. In fact, they think that all these issues and problems are exclusively black people's fault. They never recognize or acknowledge the legislation and policy that has been put in place, oftentimes, that has created an environment that has negatively impacted the black community. And the automatic solution is well, just vote Republican. It's not going to turn people on it's like bring people to the party in fact when you talk down to us and you shame us you're inconsistent and that's a big part of being on key you know again i think it's important to talk about the talking points right you know the republican party uh, especially with some of the divisiveness and i would say for the uh, we see happening here with you know in descent brought to in florida and with the religious history and history books right and and, and trying to reframe Slavery is some type of benefit to it Benefit the black Americans. I mean, we, are, we, are, we had trade out of that somehow in skills. No, it's a horrific, tr- devilish, satanic time. Let's call it what it is. There's nothing positive that came out of that. And Texas are trying this as well, too, in different parts. It is important to call that out. It is very important to vote against those people who are trying to change objective American history. However, sometimes with the fear is that, look, that's happening in those states. But those are state laws. So again, sometimes the fear monger will say, well, because it was happening around the sentence in Florida, if you don't go out and vote for my politician here in Pennsylvania, the same thing will happen. And I was like, well, no, that's necessarily the case. So we generalize, well, look, the Republican Party are doing there in one individual state. If you don't go out with Joe Biden, that's going to happen to all across America. No, that's part of the kind of gaslighting part as well, is taking those, again, the strawman arguments, taking extreme or taking one uh, individual, right, and generalizing it for the rest of the rhetoric. It's tough to watch. Don't get it wrong, right? But again, I think it's part of the, how we get... Striped into it And so If a black person Tells you well What are you gonna do? Not vote? I mean Yes Yeah yeah, Why not? It's your choice It's not popular to hear that I get that But you know There's a choice Voting for a racist Or voting for someone Who doesn't have Legislation or policy For the sake of voting Is not productive It's 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 not powerful I don't think that's what Our ancestors would want us to do Um Again it's very dangerous, because I see a lot of older black generation with all love and respect to everything they've done, sometimes they can be very subservient, I think, in not demanding anything for their vote. And because of what they've experienced in this country, I can't knock them when I understand it. Oh, we will push back. We're the new voting bloc, okay? So all those old school fear-mongering tactics and talking points are not gonna work nowadays. And I think it's important for us as well to understand that Black people can freely think and freely vote who they want to vote for, but as long as their policy or something that you align with. Again, when I say policy, I don't expect a black person to have to vote for only black policy. No, as Americans and as people, there's policy and things that impact us all regardless of our race and religion and ethnicity, right? So vote for whatever policy that you adhere to, right? Or maybe follows your element. And that's very important and key, right? But at the same time as well, understand as well that we need to understand that white supremacy and racism is a bipartisan product. And so we need to have policy on both sides. We need to come to both sides of the table because the negotiation tactic, right? It's like in free agency, right? Where a player who's in free agency will say, hey, I got this contract, big contract off from another team. The reality is negotiations have to get more money from the other team that really want to go to, right? For the black community, even if you sit down with the Republican party, you may not actually want to follow through and get in bed these politicians right but if you actually start talking with them and there's actually a possibility that they may listen and want to actually take some votes from black people that's how you get the fire in the Democratic Party like okay you know what let's actually listen to you because the reality is the Democratic Party knows they don't have to do anything at all to get the black vote and so I think for us coming to grips with that understanding that this is a very important time right now Local elections are, are critical, but national elections and federal elections, of course, have lots of power and weight. But don't be exploited. If a black person supports a Democratic candidate, that does not mean they're automatically for the culture. And vice versa, if someone supports a Republican conservative candidate, it does not mean they're automatically a sell or a con. doesn't mean for the culture either, right? However, we have to separate the two. We have to stop seeing as two dramatically different instances, because reality is your party voting for a certain person someone told you to, or a certain celebrity or entertainer influenced you to. Do your own research, but again as well, have a backbone. It's a new day and age in America, and we appreciate all the sacrifices that the older, older black generation has done for us, but we don't have to live in that same fear. I'm not gonna cry over a racist white man being elected president. Like I saw Roland Martin crying for Joe Biden. I did take a shot just now, but I needed to. Like in Van Jones, you like that crying. Black men crying. And, and the last caveat I say, what takes my next podcast episode is that I have never voted Republican. I have never voted for Donald Trump. I will never vote for Donald Trump. I didn't Republican Party. And I can still say objectively, Joe Biden has passed legislation, policy, Intangible negative elements to the black community more than anything Donald Trump has ever done Joe Biden has passed more negative white supremacist racist Policy and legislation more than anything hurtful than Donald Trump's ever done to the black community Does that mean I need to vote for Donald Trump? No, but I will acknowledge that about our current sitting president I know a lot of people have blinders on because of he was a President Obama's VP and a lot of people don't challenge that Uh, but that happened and we'll talk about that more in the next episode about expectation of the black vote and I stand on that as well too very strongly I do so again collective overall the black vote is very important doing this for about 58 plus years so don't just waste it at the same time don't just vote the vote let's demand policy legislation don't be afraid to vote third party if you need to as well Cornel West is running right now for independent party Dr. Cornel West a lot people out here do your research and don't be caught in fear mongering and gaslighting. They'll tell black people slavery's going to come back if Donald Trump Republicans get elected. It's not. Demand policy, demand legislation. Don't just assume that you're voting Democrat automatically, you're ethically and morally voting better. Look who you're voting for, and that's the biggest thing I ask for the black community to do don't be exploited give our value vote our value and attention it deserves with that being said appreciate you tuning in today make sure you stay tuned for next week's episode coming soon get out and vote in your local elections stay hip stay blessed stay connected